0: Elkhart County is a place where quality craftsmanship, innovation and collaboration result in a well-crafted life with an appreciation for all things handmade and homegrown. We leave our mark on everything we hold Elkhart County is well-crafted. Welcome to the people and places along the Heritage Trail in Elkhart County, Indiana podcast. This is Amanda with the Elkhart County CVB, and the episode today is going to be a really fun one. I've got Sonia Nash here. She is one of the team members here at the Elkhart County CVB, and out of the many hats that we all wear, I've asked Sonia to put on her hat for project manager of the Quilt Gardens along the Heritage Trail. This year is really exciting for that project because this is our 15th anniversary of these one-of-a-kind, breathtaking gardens and hand-painted murals. So, Sonia, welcome. This is. Going to be really fun. Um, yeah. You know, with the quilt gardens, they are so Mother Nature uh, driven, which mm-hmm. is interesting. But long before we ever thought about uh, how Mother Nature could impact this event, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about how this project was developed, the reasons, and just kind of that history?
1: Sure. Well, so in 2006, uh, we convened a variety of local individuals, and we just sat down and had a conversation, and said, "You know, you folks from Middlebury and Bristol and Napanee and Elkhart and Goshen, Wakarusa, what what do y'all think we should do? What could we do that would raise our destination up, that our residents would really enjoy, but that also that visitors might want to come and see? You know, what might be possible?" And so we just kind of brainstormed, and one of the guests who participated, uh, Joe. he was actually the director at Menahoff in Shipshawana, which is on our heritage trail. And he lives in Middlebury. And he was driving home after this brainstorming session where we threw all kinds of crazy wild ideas on the wall. And uh, Joe was driving by the fields. And he said, you know, I wonder, nobody's ever taken fields or gardens and made it look like a quilt. How could we do that? So Joe brought his idea back to the group. And people were like, what? That sounds cool. But has anybody ever done that? And of course, nobody had. And he said, well, I don't know how we would do that. So being the CBB, we said, okay, we'll try. We'll take the bite. We gave flowers to two sites as a test, almost 3,000 plants each and just said, hey, go try, see what you think. <laughs> and that's how it got started. So within a month, the call came back from the Essen house and it was like, not only do we love this, our visitors at this restaurant at Dostochman Essen House, you know, it's Indiana's largest restaurant. So they have lots of people there. They said they just love it. And we think this is a hit. We think you should do more of this. So that's how it started.
0: And in fact, the Essenhaus House has thought it's been such a hit. They are our longest garden. So technically, I mean, it seems like this year, they technically are celebrating their 16th anniversary. They're a year older than the rest of the, than the rest of the (laughs) Exactly.
1: They put in that uh, effort and they are our largest, you know, it's almost 3,200 square feet. So this is not an easy task. You know, Amanda, they get almost 6,000 plants yeah, 6,000. I don't know how many plants you plant in your home garden, but I don't plant nearly 6,000. You know, so, yeah, okay.
0: I I feel like I plant maybe 30 and I keep yeah. 20, maybe 20 alive. Uh, and then, yes, you say that's a lot, right? After you plant, you're it.
1: like, oh my God. this Oh my right. gosh, I'm done. Yeah, so, my back hurts, my knees hurt. Why did I ever buy all these plants? No, so the Essen House, they just think of how the multiplier factor, yeah. you know. <laughs> so uh, it is quite an undertaking by our, by our sites. And Over the course of the 15 years that we've been officially doing this, we still have nine of the original 12 sites still participating. So we started with 12. Now we're up to 17, but nine out of the original 12 are still doing this year after year after year.
0: We are uh, so blessed to have such incredible partners. Now, one thing that doesn't seem to be a partner with us every year is the weather, mother nature. She kind of comes in, sometimes she's wonderfully helpful. And other times um, over the last 15 years, we've had some challenges. Can you uh, kind of explain what some of those challenges have been?
1: Well, so it's been interesting. You know, we order uh, over the course of the winter, we order almost a million blooms, uh, 150,000 flowers plus, uh, I can't count the number of flats and the semi-trucks that come down and deliver those plants in May. And everybody's all excited to get those baby plants out of the greenhouse and, and have all the volunteers line up. And then the uh, uh, one year, Fairgrounds Quilt Garden, and he shares on his podcast uh he'll never forget uh, it turned out to be the most memorable experience it was horrendous at the time he plants them on wednesday uh, a torrential rains uh, typhoon comes in wednesday night literally his garden is wiped out thursday i have to reorder all 3000 of his plants he gets new plants his volunteers come back on friday literally 40 hours 8 hours later They have to do it all over again. So it was quite a unique experience. Mother Nature, hail, a wind, uh, too much sun, too hot. It kills the plants because they die and they shrivel up. They don't like too much hot. And uh, it is a variety of things. We've seen it change. But, you know, our volunteers persevere. You know, we're always there to pitch in and come up with a solution. Um, We uh, can't promise perfection because of Mother Nature. But we certainly can promise a fun experience.
0: And uh, knowing that people are working hard. (laughs) Well, now, you know, certainly we can't uh, control the weather. Um, Mm -hmm. But with that said, we do have a group that goes around and makes sure that the quality is really good, make sure that the flowers are being well taken care of, Uh, they're deadheaded, they're weeded, they're trimmed, they get a haircut, uh, you know, all of those kind of things. You know, with that group, they go out, and I know that over the past uh, decade and a half, when the group goes out, they occasionally see something that really Mother Nature can't explain, uh, but the garden, uh, you know, maybe took a little bit of a, a brutal hit in one way or another. What are some of those um you know, unique things that have happened inside of these really big gardens? Well, so
1: that is really what sets our uh, quilt garden trail apart from other general gardens. And some of your listeners may be having your own garden at home, just like you and I talked about. And, you know, if if one part of them don't succeed in the others, you're, you're just like, oh, well, that part died. We have a promise, a visitor experience promise. And so this review work group all along was established to not necessarily be what they sometimes lovingly or not lovingly called the Quilt Garden Police, are there to uh, provide that oversight. So these people uh, take their task uh, well at hand, and we monitor the plants. What plant works well and what doesn't? So when we notice that an alyssum at one site struggles, we make a note, maybe not consider and request that site not choose alyssum in the future it doesn't grow well because it's too much shade at the bristol historical museum or maybe this particular site has a clay soil so the marigold really doesn't do well at a clay soil so we constantly work with our partners uh, to make sure that uh, we're helping them be successful we want everyone to succeed and we don't want them to fail or make it a struggle it's hard enough as as it is to maintain this project over four months weeding and dead heading and trimming and scissoring and watering sometimes by hand so we we do all we can from a review standpoint to help our partners bring a wonderful
0: experience absolutely and you know one thing um, that is really exciting about this is it changes every year so you know we have the quilt gardens um they're in may 30th through september 15th but i think sonia here in the office starting september 16th September 17th we're already well underway for the following year so we take a couple of day uh, off from the quilt garden um but tell us a little bit about that pattern selection and you know it's it's not only the quilting component but it's it's the meshing of the flower component in there
1: well so that reviewer group when we first started back in 2007 when we said, okay, we've got a a hit here. Now, how are we going to manage this project? What are we going to do? Because we had all kinds of questions of people saying, well, I think this is a quilt. Well, what your definition of a quilt is and what our definition are two different things. So we learned very quickly, A, not every quilt pattern can replicate itself into a garden. B, not every plant that a gardener grows works in a quilt garden either. So we had to define what makes a quilt. What is our size? What is our space? What is our definition? And so we have these standards and specifications on what is acceptable that each applicant, every site has to reapply every year. There is in one of those standards, they are required to have a new pattern every year. They cannot change now yes, So we take it that seriously. We want everybody to come back we know we have a lot of repeat visitors. So we wanna make sure that that pattern is new and fresh. So we say, uh uh you can't repeat for three years. Now, you can steal a pattern from one site to the next, and they do. You know, there's that internal competition between communities and partners. So they have loads of fun saying, I want that design that they did last year. I'm going to do better than they did. (laughs) Whether they, uh, they all do great. Uh, It doesn't matter. But so that's how that pattern uh, choice begins. Did you realize, Amanda, that we have a database of almost 3,000 quilt patterns?
0: No, that is incredible. 3,000.
1: There's I, a computer yeah. software system that exists with 3,000 patterns. And we have a committee. We have master quilters that I assist, and we look at this, this quilt uh, software system. We pull pieces, we try to analyze uh, what are easy patterns to make in a quilt garden, some more moderate designs. And then we have some super duper advanced patterns that say, okay, gardener, you want to do something really serious? This is going to challenge you. And so that's how the designs are put together. We give them about 60 of them. And, you know, we start that in June, in June, the year before. So yes, we deliver these plants in May. They get put in by May the 30th and I'm already moving on to the next year while we're still reviewing uh, this year's design. So that's kind of how the process works.
0: Very fun. And, you know, there is Things like this don't just happen, um, but we do have a really good group that helps us with that. Now, certainly uh, along the journey, um, we've picked up a few awards for the Quilt Gardens, which is really fun and and, uh, certainly an honor. Uh, Do you wanna talk a little bit more about just those different um, types of ways that the Quilt Gardens have been recognized?
1: Well, so we've been very blessed. You know, we thought if we did something unique that communicated creativity and agriculture and our our residents' passion for where they live and where they love and all of the the great things that are in our community that people might recognize. And so we've been blessed and honored. Everything from the Glorious Gardens Award by the Chicago Tribune, our very first year, Uh, we were very honored to be recognized by that major publication and by that, uh, a really recognition for gardens throughout the whole Midwest. And then the American Bus Association uh, is a national organization that works with events and attractions and destinations throughout Canada and America that are specially acceptable to groups, the best of the best. And we were honored for many years, in fact, almost a decade of years in a row, of being celebrated and recognized as being one of those best of the best for groups and bus tours. And in fact, here in 22, our 15th anniversary, there are only two in the entire state of Indiana, and we're one of them. So it's something that we're proud of, uh, those honors and recognitions of being recognized. The Indiana Tourism Association recognized the quilt gardens for its project and being so unique and original. So the accolades come in, but really, it's all up to our volunteers who work so hard. It's them who are weeding and deadheading. I always say, I got the easy job. I Get to pick patterns but it's our volunteers who are weeding and deadheading and watering they're the real heroes
0: and a lot of the volunteers are master gardeners but you know, just because you, you're you a master gardener doesn't mean things will grow. So
1: <laughs> no, in fact, one of our episodes talks exactly like that. Uh, we have gardeners and non-gardeners who participate. I can't tell you how many people who are involved in this project are like, no, I'm not the gardener, but I can help bring water and I can help uh, organize and put out string. Uh, and then I know who to talk to who is the gardener. And yes, uh, gardeners learn as well. Uh, Even though you have that certification, uh, mother nature, mother nature still gets involved and it's a learning process. Quilt gardening is different than home gardening and that's also part of the process. We're trying to keep a pattern. They're closely planted that some plants don't deal well with not having, they like the little legs to grow, their roots to grow and not all plants like that. And uh, so that's why we have to watch uh, and work with our partners very closely.
0: Yes, so I want to go back to one thing that you mentioned uh, the American bus association, so Mm -hmm. we know that the quilt gardens have a local impact in beautifying the communities. Uh, It gives a volunteer outlet for a lot of local residents, which is really good a lot of community pride, we know that uh, you know just vacationers come here to see those very specifically, uh, but bus groups come in by the busload uh, to see the quilt gardens. So can you talk a little bit more about the experience that bus groups will have on the quilt gardens?
1: Well, so we started, uh, I happen to be a master gardener. You know, When I started working on this project here at the office, uh, one of my friends said, you really need to take the Master Gardener class. And so I took that class and became a Master Gardener. And through that conversation, I formed relationships. And several of them, I said, look, we need to develop a Master Gardener step-on guide bus tour. Bus groups from all over the nation like to have locals get on their bus and bring the area and destination to life. They want to know the history, the inside track. You know, what where do, where do you like to do when you visit an area? And it doesn't matter if it's Savannah or Atlanta or Dallas or Branson or Elkhart County, Indiana. People like to have those locals bring it to life. So then we have Master Gardener Step-On Guides. And these Master Gardeners can talk plants. They talk, know all about the patterns. They know all about quilt gardens. And they celebrate this special, unique project. Do you realize, Amanda, that gardening is the number one hobby in America? There I are not. Most people don't. There are garden clubs everywhere. And there are 23 million quilters in the U.S. So we have found garden clubs, quilt guilds nationwide. We are talking to people from South Carolina to Minnesota to West Virginia to Colorado. Bring your garden club. People like to travel who have a passion. They need to get here some way. So a lot of times they go on a bus. And they travel together and they come and they eat and they enjoy and they spend time and they shop. They stay overnight in the hotels and they have loads of fun. And so our volunteers, you know, the Napanee Center, especially and and a variety of other locations, they'll share. They love when those bus groups pull up, the whole committee meets them. Um, They have a welcome mat. We have one site who gives them free lemonade and cookies. And um, so when the bus groups come, you know, 30 to 50 people at a
0: time. Who wouldn't love that
1: in your community or at your business?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know that over the years, we've had a couple of times that buses, uh, fortunately or unfortunately for them, get to a, a downtown where there's a quilt garden when they're right in the middle of planting. So those 30 to 50 extra hands uh, <laughs> really become an immersive experience for that bus. It does, and in fact, because of
1: that, uh, we have some ladies who came on a bus group from Carmel, and now uh, for several years in a row, uh, they come up on their own with a carload and specifically volunteer at the Ruthmere Garden. And they saw it first at the quilt garden, they saw the activity, and then now they make it a personal trek. And they're part of a garden club and they just love coming and volunteering and and, uh, they shop and eat and drink wine at night and plant quilt gardens during the day. And so there are lots of benefits that uh, uh, bus groups enjoy and why our, our community enjoys them too.
0: That, that is really fun. And that's a really great activity. And I'm sure that if any of the listeners really want to get their hands dirty and get really involved in the quilt gardens, that's an opportunity that they can have.
1: Oh my gosh, so many of our sites always need help. So let's think about this. This project is viewable for four months and many of the sites are hand watering with hoses. (laughs) Some of the sites have irrigation, but some of the plants need deadheading or snipping. And some of our podcast series will talk about what that entails, cutting, scissoring to keep the pattern intact. So this sometimes can take quite a few hours, a minimum of an hour a week, sometimes three hours a week for four months they're always looking for volunteers. Everything from the rotary to help at the courthouse to uh, the Ruthmere to the environmental center, everybody is having some help. So you know what I suggest? If any of our listeners would like to volunteer, just give us a call here at the visitor center. We'll help give you contact information um, when and share who's planting when and how you can help. If you only have one hour, that's fine. And if you're not a gardener, that's okay too, because you know what some people do, They have people who preset, take the plants out of the little plastic containers and get them all ready for the planters. They're the hole diggers. You don't know how to have to greenhouse uh, to be a gardener to do that. You you just have to (laughs) use how to use a drill to make holes. It's quite a unique system. So everybody's welcome. Very, very fun.
0: So, I mean, we, you know, we talked a lot about the quilt gardens already, but it's really the quilt gardens and the quilt murals along the Heritage Trail. And those murals are incredible. They are not small uh, by any means. Uh, So can you tell us a little bit more about the hand-painted super-sized quilt murals?
1: So when we started with the project, we realized some of our communities wanted to get involved. They love the idea of gardening, but they didn't have the space requirements. Our minimum size is 800 feet. And as we've mentioned, the largest is 3,200 at Das Dutchman Essenhaus. So some of our downtown said, gosh, we don't, we don't have a big enough green space to allocate for that. So we came up with the idea of giant hand-painted, almost billboard size, but are painted like quilts. And they're painted by a local artist, most of them by Jeff Stilson, who's an artist in Napanee. And you may see these quilts painted on buildings. They go up the same time the gardens go in and they come down. So our trail and our quilt garden uh, tour includes gardens and murals, a chance to visit all of our downtowns and attractions. And these are painted on plywood. Now, Jeff uses a projector. He takes a quilt pattern, projects it, and makes a 20 by 20, a 20 feet, 20 feet by 20 feet in his garage but he does it in sections <laughs> and he paints each quilt pattern by hand uh, so they're works of art and creative and once again very original and unique to our area not found anywhere else
0: absolutely so that that segues really nice into a little bit of a teaser for how we are celebrating the 15th anniversary of the quilt gardens and quilt murals along the heritage trail by bringing back epic art adventures which features well, I'm going to let you say who the star of the show for uh, for the Quilt Gardens is, but it does feature a lot of local and regional artists, plus one thing that we decided to bring back, which is the Seward Johnson.
1: The Seward Johnson sculptures will be returning in 2022, you know, so uh, when we had our 10th anniversary, we brought in, we were fortunate here at the CBB to be able to fund uh, Seward Johnson Johnson life size bronze sculptures in each of our cities and towns. And I can't tell you when those sculptures went away, how many phone calls we got, and how many people still to this day, every day I meet somebody who says, When are these returning? Those were so fun. We loved them. So for our 15th anniversary, what better time to have a better birthday party than to have Seward Johnson's? Sculptures. So yeah, we're having an epic art adventures. Uh, there will be 22 Seward Johnson pieces at quilt gardens through each of our city and town to honor our 15th anniversary. And this year we're expanding to add in local sculpture. You know, there's some amazing artists at Elkhart County, some people who really are very skilled, very creative, using recycled products, using material that want to celebrate who and what we are. So we have an application process and we've been working to identify some really cool local art sculptures that will be scattered throughout. So we're going to encourage people to get out and enjoy quilt gardens, to see epic art, to get engaged with our passports where you can gamify and have some fun. We've even got some birthday presents by the Form of deals and discounts that our partners are offering. So we're having a party. We hope everybody enjoys and comes and uh, enjoys in 2022 with
0: our quilt gardens and celebrates with us. We are very much looking forward to this. Now, As we mentioned a little bit earlier in this episode, this is going to to start a little mini series on the podcast that we're gonna have about the quilt garden specifically as we gear up for this fun celebration. So Sonia, I know that you're gonna be talking over the uh, next several weeks to the various uh, locations and the people behind it and the patterns. So can you tell us a little bit more on what we can expect?
1: Well, so we have the opportunity to interview some of our site managers some of our gardeners who are going to bring their quilt garden to life for you, the listener. They're going to uh, share maybe their tips, their challenges, uh, maybe what they've learned, Well, a little bit about themselves so you can meet the people who are behind the scenes. You may pull up to a quilt garden and you may never see a person and you think, well, how does this happen? And oh, it looks so easy. (laughs) Well, uh, so we hope to share and and celebrate all of our residents and our volunteers who are working so hard. Um, Give them an opportunity so you can hear firsthand from them uh, why they do this, what they do and what their inspiration is. You'll learn some interesting things, Uh, for example, one of the quilt gardens, and I won't say which one have deer that visit, so not just people visit, deer visit quilt gardens
0: <laughs> and, and you uh, visit it now. That yes. is really fun.
1: Deer, dogs, rabbits. Uh, yes, we've had lots of visitation, we've had interesting uh tales all about understanding what a microclimate is in a garden. Hmm, that sounds interesting. I might. might want to know that about yes i should (laughs) so everybody's going to want to tune in um i hope that this the series will be fun for everyone as you learn about some of your neighbors and your friends uh who are found in the area and for our visitors it will really bring it to life and help give you an understanding when you pull up what it takes to make a garden grow
0: great Thank you so much for giving the history on the quilt gardens. Now, again, the quilt gardens are available May 30th through September 15th. They do change throughout the season. They are greenhouse grown flowers. So you can really see that pattern evolve and come to life over that uh, time span. People can go to quiltgardens.com to learn more information, download a map, or you certainly can come here to the Elkhart County Visitor Center located in Elkhart on Cassopolis Street for a physical map, an area guide, and we're always more than happy to chat with you on any questions you have about the quilt gardens. Again, Sonya, thank you so much, and we are ready for a fun 15th anniversary. Oh, it's going to be an exciting year. I hope that everyone gets a chance to see it and enjoy. Thanks, Sonia. And as you just said, we do hope that everybody gets a chance to get out and enjoy the quilt gardens along the Heritage Trail. And like we mentioned earlier, Sonia is going to be taking over the podcast for the next couple of weeks, getting a deep dive into lots of the quilt garden locations, talking to the volunteers, the staff, the master gardeners, the people that really make the quilt gardens happen. And again, thank you for joining us on this fun episode of the People and Places Along the Heritage Trail podcast. Learn more about Elkhart County, Indiana at visitelkhartcounty.com and plan your next adventure. Join us next time for more well-crafted stories about the people and places along the Heritage Trail.